feel like taking my jacket off and going and changing shirts. And um, uh, thanks, Dennis. I, I, that you just set a precedent. No, uh, boy. It. Thank you all for uh, thinking about us, and uh, we're excited to be here. By the way, I, there's a football game that's coming Friday night, so if you want to get involved in doing that, um, here's what you get. You get a free shirt, and um, Lord willing, if things, every, if things work out right, you'll get a free visor, and that's your payment for working there, plus you get to be a blessing to a lot of parents and, and all. Um, wow, there's so much happening. It's so exciting. That last song, It Is Well, uh, if you're ever in Jerusalem, go to the American Hotel, and you can see the handwritten lyrics of it as well, where uh, Horatio Spafford wrote that song. And uh, you'll, uh, it, it's, it's an amazing story to hear about him. Those are some of my favorite songs. They asked me some of my favorite songs. Um, the last one we did before it as well. Dennis, do you remember that, singing that at Trinity? Uh, the place was just rocking and it'd knock off that, that, all that insulation off the walls in the gym. They just really loved that song, and I kind of fell in love with that there. All right. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Aleph. Psalm 119. i never forget when I took Hebrew, that's what the guy said. That's what the teacher, John Cash, said. Turn your Bibles to Aleph. Thankfully, I was, had been reading in the Psalms earlier and I realized that's where that was Psalm 119 I'm just going to read a few verses but we're going to be in there a lot today and uh, here we go Psalm 119 verse 1 you see where it says Aleph okay blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart they also do no iniquity they walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto the, thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of, rightness of heart, and I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. I don't know about you, but I love letters. I've got a bunch of letters that my wife has written me in notes and cards, and, and I kind of keep those, and she doesn't know, but every now and then I go back and, and read them because it makes me feel good. Well, we have an incredible letter from our, our God that is written to us. It's all about the Scriptures. Now, Psalm 119 is a very unique, unique uh, uh, Scripture, unique song. It's written as an acrostic with the Hebrew alphabet. That's why you see these, these little fun terms like Aleph, and you go down to about verse 8, between verse 8 and 9 you see Baeth, and then uh, Gimel, and Daleth, Hey, Wow, Zion. You see what I mean? If you have your Bible, you'll see those things. Those are the Hebrew alphabet, and this is made as an acrostic, all talking about God's law, all talking about God's word. There's 176 verses in this psalm. Aren't you glad I didn't read all those? I'd never get that out this morning. But 171 out of the 176 
verses mentions God's word. It's referred to as his law, his testimonies, his ways, his statutes, his commandments, his righteous judgments, his word, and his ordinances. It reveals to us so many things God's word does. It's so important for us to, to, to be in God's word. Everything we do as believers, everything that we do as a, uh, a church, a group of called out believers, is all found in the scripture. And the most important thing that happens in scripture is that, well, the scripture reveals God to us. Psalm 119.1 Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse 12 Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Going to the New Testament in John 1, we hear this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. Wow! The Word of God reveals to us who God is. It tells us that He is the Creator. Verses 70 and 90 of Psalm 119 refers to that. But Genesis 1 and 2 talk about that. Chapters 1 and 2, 1 John, or John 1, 1 through 5, we just read that. Colossians talks about how, he, um, how Jesus created this world and by Him are we even sustained. It reveals to us about God the Creator. It talks about our, our God the Righteous One. We he tells us that, that God is a judge. And not only is He a judge, but He's a merciful, the Merciful One. We find out too that it is God who loves. He's the source of love. He is love. And He's also the source of our salvation. God is that faithful one. He's one that never changes. He's the one who is good. And more than that, He is the one who is near. It tells us all about God. It reveals to us God as the Father. It reveals to us God as the Son through Jesus Christ. And it reveals to us God the Holy Spirit. It tells us who God is. You ever want to get to know God? Read His Word. Read His Word. Psalm 150, uh, 119, verse 151 says this, Thou art near, O Lord, and all Thy commandments are truth. You know, it's very... When I wanted to get to know my wife, I stayed on the phone with her all the time. Did you know that? That's, that we talked all the time. Um, I'd be in trouble. I'd be at work. I was selling cars in those days, and and sometimes I get in trouble because I call her. And if I didn't call her, I was in trouble too. So I, who I wanted to be in trouble with. But I talked to her all the time. And I talked to her and she wrote little notes to me. And I, I'm not real good at writing notes. She's one of the few people who can read my handwriting. But we got to know each other. And we continue to get to know each other. And we, the longer we are together, the more we discover about each other. And the more we love each other. And that's what it, the Word of God does for us with God. It reveals who He is. The more we read, the more we find out about Him. The more our relationship with Him, it becomes closer. 
And the more we can love Him and respond to His love. Because the Word of God reveals them to us. But not only does the, the Scripture reveal us who God is, but it reveals us to us. That's hard to say. You know, it's like looking in a mirror, a really good mirror that shows all the flaws. Psalm 119, verse 176. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Man, God's word, what it does to us, how it reveals us, it convicts us. When we read God's word and we start seeing the things uh, that, that go on and, and, and it starts revealing who we are and, it, 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 and we get that sense of conviction. It's a good thing, by the way. But not only does it convict us, but it cleanses us. It quickens us. That's a great word. It makes us alive. God's word will strengthen us. It will establish us. It will defend us. It will comfort us. It will instruct us. It enlightens. It assures. It upholds. It delivers. It frees. It teaches. It corrects. It gives hope. gives wisdom, understanding, peace. And it just keeps going on and on and on. It tells us who we are. And it lifts us up and reveals the truth about us. If you want to really know yourself, read God's Word. My devotions, I've been going through uh, 2 Samuel and reading about the life of, of David. Wow. You know, we really, we lift David up so high. You know, he's a man after God's own heart. But you find that he was such a flawed guy. Man, it started off, he had a real problem. He's the first king of Israel to have lots of wives. And that was one of the commands that God had given, that the, the kings of Israel were not to have a lot of wives like everybody else. But David fell into that, and that just he just kept going and kept going. That was the, seemed to be the thing that brought him down. He was an awful father. All of this is revealed, and as we read this, I, I, I learn lessons like, I don't want to be a dad like David. I don't want to be a husband like David. I don't want to. It reveals to us who we are and where we need to go. What a great thing about God's Word. Scripture also reveals that we have an enemy. Verse 161 of Psalm 19 says this, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. 1 Peter 5.8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Sometimes I don't think we talk enough about the enemies that we have to fight, the enemies that we have to stand against, as Ephesians says, that we can have victory over. The flesh, the world, and the prince of this world, the devil. See, there's a real devil. Now, I know he wants us to not think too much about him. Or maybe to think too much. One of the either, either way works for him. You know, we, we pretty well have. Uh, every time I hear the devil, I think of the advertisements when I was a little kid for Underwood Deviled Ham. I don't even know if they make that. You guys remember those? Some of y'all, y'all are old enough to remember those. The little little red devil, he's dancing around on the can of the the, the deviled ham. 
And when I finally convinced my parents to let me taste some deviled ham, it was definitely demonic. <laughs> we see him as cartoon characters. We see him, or we can go so far that we see him over under every his shadow around everything we do. But we have an enemy, and we are in a battle. And the battle usually is raised in our uh, is is waged in our mind, and we have armor and we have tools to fight it. And in fact, one of the greatest weapons we have against our our spiritual enemies is the Word of God. Ephesians says, "Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God." Then it goes on to say, "Praying too, prayer and God's Word." Scripture reveals our enemy; it also reveals the way we can fight that enemy. It also reveals something else. Scripture reveals eternity to us. Eternity. You know, Psalm 119, 175 says, Let my soul live, and it shall praise thee, and let thy judgments help me. Revelation 21 and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I saw, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Verses 10 and following gives you a great description of that place where the believer will spend eternity. It, it was a, a great holy city. It, 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 there was... Her light was like uh, unto, let's see, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal. They had walls and 12 gates made of pearls and angels are singing and we are singing and uh, the street is made out of gold and there's a river and it's a much incredible place. Wow. What a wonderful thing that is. I read, I saw on Facebook, a friend of mine posted, um, a man that I went to Bible college with, served in the bus ministry. Uh, his name is Mandy Callanison, went home to be with the Lord this week. I don't know, Dennis, if you ever met Mandy. Mandy is from the Philippines, and he joined the U.S. Navy so he could become an American citizen. Got saved while he was stationed in Jacksonville. Started coming to Trinity Baptist Church. Uh, got out of the Navy, um, went to Bible college to go be a missionary back to the Philippines. And in fact, he was living in the Philippines and as a, had a strong ministry there. But his younger son was starting a ministry in Canada. And his uh, uh, so Mandy was in Canada helping his younger son get this ministry started. And they were doing some work in a building and Mandy fell off a, uh, a ladder and he went home to be with the Lord. He's in heaven rejoicing now as we are here missing him. He has an eternity and there'll be a time where I get to spend eternity with him and with many of the other loved ones that have gone. You see, it tells us about eternity. It tells us about heaven. Also, the scripture tells us about the alternative to heaven, a place called hell. I don't want to be categorized as a hellfire and brimstone preacher. But let me tell you something. To not talk about hell does you a very, very 
big disservice. It's not exposing the truth. Jesus talked about hell quite a bit. In fact, he told the story of uh, uh, Lazarus, a beggar, and a rich man, and, and the rich man died, and Lazarus died, and the rich man went to, to hell, and Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. And it tells the story of the pain and the suffering that's in, a, in that place called hell. Matthew 25, 41 just puts it this way. Then he shall say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Revelation, once again, will talks about it in, in chapter 20. And it says where death and hell are cast into the lake of the fire. And here was the thing. This is what caused people to be cast into the lake of fire. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. That's eternal separation from God, and it's a place of torment. Let's be real about it. There's eternity waiting for us that is real and wonderful for those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And for those who don't know Christ as their Savior, there's an eternity of, term, of, of torment. And you know, the, the message that we carry as believers, as followers of Christ, is the message that frees people from that bondage of eternity to the freedom of eternity. The bondage of hell to the freedom of heaven. It's that message that Christ came, He lived a perfect life, he shed his blood, he died, was buried, and rose again the third day to repair the relationship between us and God, to give us the opportunity to receive him as our Savior and spend eternity with him. By the way, that's what Christ has asked us to do, go share that message. That's why we're here, to share that message. That's why we do some of the things we do. That's why we go get smoked out cooking four cases of hamburgers so we could have an opportunity to share the gospel. There's a lot of parents that are very impressed. There's a football coach who's very impressed. There's an athletic director who's lost, who doesn't understand what we're doing, but is starting to hear more and more. Pray for him. His name is Bob. Known him for a while. Because there is an eternity. All right. So here's the, what I want you to think about. We have to catch a vision. We've talked about vision now. I want to finish up. Next week will be one more vision message. But this is a vision that I want you to catch. A vision for loving Scripture. For loving God's Word. For falling in love with God's message to us. And here's how we do it. By reading and meditating on the scripture. Psalm 119.15 I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Psalm 119.148 Mine eyes prevent the night watches that I might meditate in thy word. Psalm 119 verses 9-11 through 11, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed, excuse me, thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart I have sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. The, <clears throat> thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We need to read God's word 
but not just read on God's Word. We need to think about it. We need to meditate about it. Biblical meditation is something different than what you see portrayed in media. It's not the Eastern meditation where you empty your brain and sit around cross-legged and, and chant. That's not biblical meditation. Joshua 1.8 says this, But this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You see, when we meditate and we on God's Word, when we read it and then meditate on what we've read, it's chewing on God's Word. In fact, that Hebrew word, what it says, uh, uh, meditate, back in Joshua 1.8, it, it, it's, it's like a cow chewing cud. It's, you, how many of y'all know how cows do that? Okay, there's a few of you that understand cows. When you're driving out in the, out in the country here, you'll see them a lot of times, cows will be sitting under a tree being cool and they're just chewing. Well, they'll chew and chew and chew and then they'll swallow. I think they have, they have like three stomachs. They got a bunch of stomachs and they keep, they'll kick that stuff back up and chew on it again. Yeah, I know. Think about that next time you eat a hamburger. <laughs> but that's the picture I want you to get of God's Word. As you read God's Word, I do it every morning. Every morning I get up, take a, take a shower, sit down in my chair, take a big drink of coffee, and then start reading. And I drink some more coffee and read a little bit more. But all day long, I keep thinking about those things I've, re I've read. I've read, been reading about David, and I've, all these things about David, they keep coming up in my mind, and, and oh, am I like him? Or whatever you read, keep thinking about it. Keep thinking about it. Oh, put it aside a little bit, then come back and keep thinking about it. Meditate on his word. As you meditate on his word, more of him will be revealed to you. More of yourself will be revealed to you. The picture of attorney will be revealed to you. The picture of how to fight your enemy will be revealed to you. Just the pleasure and the, the encouragement of God's word will be revealed to you as you think about that day after day, minute after minute, hour after hour. Chew on it. When you're in that darkest place, chew on God's word. Meditate on it. You know, it's not just the Old Testament that talks about meditating on God's Word. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. The only place you can find things that are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and good and virtuous and praiseful, the only place you can find those things are in God's Word. You're not going to get it on television. Man, I used to love to watch ESPN Sports Center in the morning. My son and I would do that. I can't hardly stand it now because they don't talk about sports. They're talking about all sorts of other junk. So there's nothing lovely there anymore. <sighs> Duck Dynasty doesn't quite get it anymore. I, I, could, I got through about one season of that and 
it, it was fun. You know, I was happy, happy, happy. Uh huh. Now we know who watches it. I never could grow a beard like that. I always wonder why those guys had such long hair. Listen, you need to think about what's in God's Word. We need to fall in love with His Scripture, catch a vision for loving God's Word, and we do that by reading it and then meditating on it. And then, next, we fall in love with God's Word. We catch that vision. We love Scripture, not only by reading and meditating, but by obeying the Scripture. Psalm 119, verse 2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with a whole heart. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, uh, Pastor Bales used to say this a lot. We are educated far beyond our obedience. He's right. We know so much more about Scripture but we don't do it. Does that make sense? It's like having an instruction manual and not following the instructions and then being disappointed when it doesn't come out right. I know, I've been there. I throw away those instructions. I can figure it out. The more I live, the longer I live, the more I have figured out, I can't figure it out. So I need some instructions. And if even if I don't agree with those instructions, I probably ought to follow them. Because for some, some, somebody has put that in there for a reason. And when it comes to God's Word, when He gives us commandments, now, let me explain something about God's commandments. They're not to keep you from having fun. I know, that's what most people think. Man, God, you just no fun. You just don't want me to have any fun. God's commandments are there to protect you. It's why we follow the, the, the uh, laws of the highway. Are those laws there just to keep us from having fun? Or are they there to keep us alive? My daddy was a trooper. He saw a lot of bad things. And I saw a lot of bad things too. I know we were coming back from Lake Placid, headed to Miami one time. There was a wreck, and I'll never forget seeing my dad was so upset because this trooper working it didn't cover the bodies. And my dad took a blanket out of our car, took care of it, and that was my first experience seeing a dead body. Somebody didn't follow the rules. They didn't obey the, the commands, and it brought death. Can I tell you something? When we don't follow God's word, it brings forth death. Maybe not for you, but what about those others? What about those others out there? What about the, the, your brothers and sisters who are around you and they see you not obeying Scripture and so they think they don't have to and it brings difficult times into their life? What about those lost people? The lost people know a whole lot more about how we ought to behave than we do, right? They'll tell you. You ask a lost person how a Christian ought to behave, they'll tell you. And they're right, because they'll, they'll be going down Scripture, and they don't, may not understand the motivation behind it. But when we obey God's Word, it brings life. It protects us. It keeps us out of trouble. And it brings forth life to others. 
See, if we're going to love God's word, we've got to follow God's word. And I'm sure you probably have spoken words similar to this when you're dealing with your children. Well, if you love me, you wouldn't do that. Uh-huh. How many of you have said that? Well, you don't have to answer. Something close to that. If you really love me, you wouldn't do that. Our God really loves us. And if we really loved him, we would obey his word. And our love would grow. And we would see amazing things. In fact, let me just try this. Let's try obeying four things. Let's not make it complicated. Let's not parse all these little things and try to figure out where, how close to the edge I can get. Let's just do this. Let's just love God. And then love all the people that he puts around us. Treat them well. And then let, let's, let's make disciples. Let's share that gospel with people. And those who receive the gospel, let's teach them everything that we know about Jesus. Because that's really what it comes down to. That's what he's commanded us to do. And all the other stuff just works to make that stronger and better. And as we obey God, and as we meditate on his word, we'll fall in love with his word. And we will catch a vision of reaching this world, of building this church, of God encouraging and lifting us up. Because we love his word. And he, his love, will be revealed to us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, and we love you, and we praise you. We thank you for your word, because Lord, without your word, we wouldn't know, really know who you are. We wouldn't be able to know how we can be forgiven. We wouldn't know, Lord, about your son. We, would, we just wouldn't know. Lord, thank you for your word as it shows us who we are. And Lord, sometimes we don't like who we are, but thank you that your grace covers that thank you Lord that we know we can know there's an enemy Father we just praise you for your word Lord I pray if there's one in here this morning that's never received you as Savior that they will uh, understand that there is eternity and Lord they'll choose you so they can go to the wonderful side of eternity Lord, any other need that may be here, Lord, I pray that as the Holy Spirit speaks to hearts, that they'll obey that word that's being spoken to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. We'll do a song of invitation. Just as I am.